This is Broken to Blessed, a podcast for women survivors of childhood sexual abuse. I am your host, Michelle Hall. I am a certified Christian life coach, and I am also a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And for many years, I felt broken because of that experience. But thank God for his blessings. He pulled me out of brokenness and into blessings. Hence the name of the podcast. And I want the same for you. Healing is possible if you're willing to do the work. Let's get started. Hello, esteemed ones, and welcome to another episode of Broken to Blessed Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to do a bit of a debrief based on some of the interview episodes that I have had over the last several weeks. I have featured several guests who have been so very brave and vulnerable in sharing their stories of childhood sexual abuse, their journey after the abuse, and how they dealt with it. And I want to talk about some commonalities that I found in the stories and give you three tips to get you started if you need to start your own healing journey from CSA. But before I start that, I want to just say that I realize that some of the stories that my guests have shared may have been difficult to listen to. When they are talking about their experience of CSA and the hurt and damage, damage that they experienced as a result, it can be difficult to hear, especially as a survivor of CSA who have yet to start your own healing journey. I hope that you understand my intention for having these guests on the podcast to share their stories is not to trigger any negative or adverse emotions for the listeners. My intent is 100% pure. The intent is to show you that you are not alone and that others who have experienced the same or similar thing that you have has been able to walk through and work through and get to a healing point. It is intended to inspire and encourage you despite the difficulty of listening to the details. The goal is to empower you to start your own journey so you can find your healing and then help other women like yourself heal too. So please understand that there is no intention to cause any harm or to cause any triggers. This is a labor of love coming from me. Everyone who has shared their stories has been through a lot of trauma and their stories were not easy to listen to. I understand that, but instead of focusing on the negativity of their experience, I listened for the healing process they went through. The release of hurt and pain because that is when and where the healing comes. It is my hope that you will hear something in their story that resonates with you. I will continue to have guests periodically to share their experiences with the expectation that you will be encouraged, inspired, empowered, and uplifted. I want to use this podcast to bring attention to this very important subject 
I think it is a subject that is overlooked a lot and not talked about enough in households or society at large. I think that a lot of perpetrators are never turned in or properly punished because it is such a taboo subject. I also think that people don't know how to deal with it. They don't know what to do with the whole thing, especially when a perpetrator is within the household, such as a father or mother or a sibling. And you know, when people say what happens in this house stays in this house, I believe that is a huge part of the problem. People don't want the outside to know what's going on inside of their homes and within their church or community. I understand that to a certain extent. We deserve privacy in our homes, but when a criminal activity is taking place and a child's innocence is at stake, it's a different story. This mentality can fuel more abuse. And I really want us to get to a point where we can bring the needed attention to CSA and have those important conversations. It may not be easy, but it's a necessary conversation. If we are more forthcoming when a criminal act is committed or reported, we can reduce the rate of childhood sexual abuse. I would love to see it eradicated completely but I don't think that will ever happen. It's been going on for years, even centuries, and I suspect that it will continue. But if more people were prosecuted, we could reduce the number of victims. So let's get into some of the commonalities that I came across as I was interviewing people who were sharing their stories. One of the biggest commonalities related to their mother there are a lot of dynamics related to mothers. And the goal is not to disparage mothers, but really to bring attention to their inability to deal with the CSA experience that their children bring to them. I am going to do an entire series on the different dynamics that CSA survivors encounter with their mothers. You see, mothers are naturally the nurturers in the household, right? And when a child brings CSA to their attention, they're looking for a safe space. They're looking for a mother to embrace them and help them, protect them. You know, nurture them like a mother should. But oftentimes, just the opposite happens. And that is not only devastating, but it sets a trajectory that changes that parent-child relationship for years to come. So stay tuned for a later series on how a mother's response impacts CSA victims based on the survivor stories that I've had on the show. Next up are the effects that CSA have on its victim survivors. Some survivors cope with excessive drinking and drug use. Some develop anxiety, depression, or other mental health issues. Some become promiscuous. These things can happen because of how they feel about themselves, and they want to numb the pain they feel inside. 
the effects of CSA has a tremendous impact on one's self-worth and self-esteem. Next up is nothing happens to the perpetrators. Now, this is not always the case, but I think they go without consequences more often than not. And this is a sad and unfortunate situation because CSA is a crime, but it seems that the perpetrators are the ones protected and the victim survivors suffer the worst of the consequences of the violation. Next up, many survivors deal with CSA alone, meaning they may not have anyone close to them in their corner to support them. They initiate their healing journey by whatever means brought them to that point. Now, clearly, we have to do the work and walk through the process for ourselves. No one can do that for us, but it could be a little less painful if you have someone in your corner supporting you and not judging you while you are going through the process. You need someone with whom you feel safe and secure with. So I would like to give you just a few tips on some things that you can do to get you started on your healing journey if you need to do that. So number one, use your voice. Find a safe place to share your CSA experience. That could be with a friend, a spouse, a sibling, someone you can trust. You need a support system. If you do not have anyone that you feel that level of safety with, you may need to check with your employee assistance program on your job. You can also see a counselor or a psychotherapist. If those are not immediate options, you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE. They are open 24-7. It is free. And your your conversation is confidential. Find a safe place to share your feelings and experience. You can even see a coach. Sometimes survivors work with coaches and mental health professionals at the same time as they are working on different aspects of healing. Next, practice self-care and give yourself some grace. CSA is trauma, and it can affect every facet of your life, and it is not your fault. Take some time to take care of you. This may look like changing your sleep and eating habits, getting more exercise, practicing meditation, or mindfulness. And number three, know that you can absolutely start this process without any acknowledgement from the perpetrator. They know what they did to you just like you do. Don't let someone else keep you from healing. I realize that oftentimes we want people to say or do something to take accountability for their actions. And that's not wrong. People should take responsibility and be accountable for their actions. But unfortunately, most perpetrators will not do any such thing. And I don't want that to keep you hostage to the pain. Once you become an adult, healing becomes your responsibility. 
And here's the thing. You don't need anyone's permission to heal. I hope these tips were helpful as you start your own healing journey. Tune in to next week's episode where we will go into details about purifying your heart with a step-by-step process to remove the hurts that we hold in our heart so that we can start to move forward. The only way out of this thing is through it. And remember, healing is possible. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Broken to Blessed. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with all of your sister girlfriends. This podcast may be the catalyst to their healing journey. And remember, life can get better. You just have to do the work. God bless. God bless.